This is Animals Voice Podcast, presented by the Ontario SPCA, with 50 communities working together for animal welfare. We've got another great show for you on the way, so put your paws up, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Animals Voice Podcast. I'm your host for today, Callie Milliman, Media Coordinator for the Ontario SPCA, and I'm filling in for your regular host, Kevin McKenzie. Today we are joined by Peggy Lee. She is the program director with Cope Service Dogs. Now, Cope Service Dogs is a unique organization and it raises and trains service dogs primarily for people with mobility disabilities. Is that about right, Peggy? Yes. Uh, We also train facility dogs as well. Fantastic. So Peggy is joining us today on Skype. And so we're going to uh, do our best to make sure our connection stays strong, Peggy, and that we get all of the information uh, from you today in regards to all the information about COPE. So again, thank you so much for joining us. COPE Service Dogs is the organization that trained Daisy. Now, you might remember Daisy from our previous podcast where we spoke with Hospice Simcoe. And Daisy is the first facility dog to be working in a hospice in Ontario. It's really um, exciting for us to be able to chat with you, Peggy, in regards to the training that Daisy had with COPE. So we'll get started. And I just want to kind of start with the basics here, Peggy. I want to know what services COPE offers. So we primarily train service dogs for people living with mobility disability. And we also train facility dogs for a wide range of application, um, which I can go into that a little bit later. Um, All of our dogs, while they're in training, they enter our canines in the classroom program where they're paired up with students who are struggling either in school or um, in life that is putting them at risk of leaving school early. They would also provide reading buddy opportunity for students who are elementary school students who are struggling to read by taking their dog to the elementary school and letting the um, elementary school student read to the dog in a non-judgmental manner. Canines and classroom students also do therapy visits with their dogs to senior homes. So with the reading buddy and therapy visits, our puppy foster volunteers also would take the dogs in training to provide those uh, services as well. Fantastic. What a wide range of services. That's so wonderful. Peggy, I'm wondering, why did you decide to train a dog to be the first facility dog in a hospice in Canada? So a lot of times we find that the career path of a dog is actually decided by the dog's instinct, their interest, and the strengths in certain tasks. When it comes time to evaluate a dog in training every year, Our trainers find that some of them are really good at providing comfort and directed intervention to a large group of individuals, but they're not too interested in mobility tasks, for example. So while they're not suitable to be a service dog for an individual, they're suitable to be a facility dog in that instance. So when we were evaluating Daisy, we found that she is one of those dogs that is very strong in providing comfort and directed intervention rather than mobility tasks. So we have decided that we need to find her a placement that is going to let her thrive. At the time, we don't really have a lot of facility dogs applicants. And so our, our team has worked really hard to find out like, where could we place her? And we're lucky enough to find Hospice Simcoe who are very open to the idea. And uh, once we have solidify that uh, partnership. That's basically how it happens. 
Fantastic. And I know from our previous podcast, when we spoke to Hospice Simcoe, uh, you know, Daisy's just been so beneficial to the residents there. And of course, now hearing your side of the story, it sounds like it was just as beneficial for Daisy. So I mean, it's one of those perfect scenarios where it worked for everyone involved. So I love to hear that. I'm just wondering, Peggy, what was the process of training Daisy to be a facility dog like? So all of our dogs basically start from the from like sort of with the same basic per se in the train in their training process. Um, most of our dogs are bred by our own breeding program, so we choose the best mother and the father to have the best start, if you will, uh, for them to have the right temperament, body size, and whatnot. And then they all enter early puppy training, which includes a lot of petting to make sure, you know, they're used to human touching them, initial socialization, obedience training, and some of some task training as well, even when they were just itty bitty tiny. They really like just following food around and (laughs) doing different things. And then once they have came to either between eight to 16 weeks, they would enter our canines in the classroom program and pair up with the student. So the students are going to teach them with the instructors under the direction of the instructor that the students are going to train the dogs in obedience. And um, the dogs are actually providing the student an opportunity to hone their leadership, raise their self-esteem, and also gain employable skills. In the meantime, the dogs are home in a puppy foster volunteer home, and they would provide ongoing socialization and obedience training. And we also, like our instructor, do ongoing refinement training with the dogs. So that's sort of like the base Um, or the basic training that all the dogs go through. And then during that time, we do periodic evaluation to see which career path is more suitable for the dog based on the three things that I talked about earlier, which is their instinct, their interest, and their strength. And then once we have decided, say for Daisy, that she, she should be in the career path as a facility dog, then we would find out which facility would be the most suitable for her and hone the training or sort of refocus the training to tasks that would be tailored to the facility. Wonderful. Wow, that sounds like quite the extensive sort of training process for whichever career path the dog might be right for. So um, thank you for that information. We are going to pop into a quick commercial break. Once again, we've been talking with Peggy Lee, the program director with Cope Service Dogs. I want to remind everybody, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. You can like and share the podcast and we will be right back. The Ontario SPCA is gearing up for their biggest fundraiser of the year, and we want you to join us. The 2017 Friends for Life Walk is Saturday, September 23rd, and Sunday, September 24th across the province of Ontario. There will be lots of fun activities for everyone in your family to enjoy. Register today at friendsforlifewalk.ca and save animals' lives one step at a time. Welcome back, everyone, to Animals Voice Podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Callie Milliman. Very happy to be with you today. And we are joined by Peggy Lee. She is the program director with Cope Service Dogs. And before the break, we had a great opportunity to chat 
with Peggy a little bit about Daisy, who we learned quite a bit about in our previous podcast when we spoke with Hospice Simcoe's. We also had a great opportunity to learn a little bit about the training and the process that these service dogs go through to become the amazing dogs that they are. So coming back, Peggy, I'm really kind of wondering, you know, these dogs are fantastic. They're remarkable. The services that they provide to people are outstanding in regards to what some of us may expect from just a family pet. So I'm wondering, where do you guys get dogs like this that are able to um, be a part of the COPE service training? We um, have our own uh, breeding program, which is a very small program. We breed once a year, maybe once every other year, depending on our needs. And um, our dogs coming from a line that our founder has acquired from Germany initially. And then we have been breeding with other assistance dog schools or reputable breeder that we have an association with. That's basically, in general, where we get our dogs from. And then we have also occasionally, if we have a small litter, we would acquire uh, dogs from various breeders as well. So we had had, I think, a couple of years that uh, we have like a litter of two dogs and we need six to enroll in our training program. So we have donations from other breeders. Very good. Thank you. And how did you transition Daisy when we're speaking about Daisy from Hospice Simcoe? How did you sort of transition her to be ready to work in a workplace environment? All of our dogs, while they're in training, they are used to being puppy sat from time to time at um, one of our approved puppy sitter homes. And um, it eases their minds when they are away from home and it makes them transition a little bit easier to any new environment for an extended period of time. So that's one of the things that we do that help Daisy sort of adopt to a new environment. Also, what we did with uh, Daisy was that during the final phase of her refinement training at Hospice Simcoe, we did half of that at Hospice Simcoe. And we made sure that she made friends with all the staff and volunteers during our training sessions so that she um, also using the opportunity to practice um, visiting residents and their families. So by the time that she has finished her team training and started working there, she is ready. She feels like home. (laughs) And uh, I'm always amazed by the dogs. They seem to understand that they're no longer in training. This is the real deal and they're doing a real job and they really take pride in doing that. What a successful story. It's so wonderful to hear about how well Daisy obviously did throughout her training, but of course, how much she has flourished during her time at Hospice Simcoe. You know, that just makes me wonder what kind of plans COPE may have to train more facility dogs like Daisy. So currently we have, uh, we're focusing our training on seven dogs in training for 10 clients on the waiting list. One of them is an alternative school in Toronto that is waiting for a facility dog. Therefore, we're training and evaluating which of the seven dogs is the most suitable for that facility. To do so, we're enrolling the candidate of one of the seven in the Canines in the Classroom program for an additional semester to practice necessary skills in the classroom setting. We'll perform a mid-semester evaluation to determine if the candidate will stay for the last half of the semester or we should rotate another candidate into the program. So even though like we have more clients than dogs available at the moment, we know that there may be more than one dog in training in this group that is more suitable as a facility dog than a service dog. 
Therefore, we plan to continue to promote Facility Dog to professionals who are interested in adding canine-assisted intervention to their workplace for the benefit of their clients or their colleagues. The possibility of Facility Dog's placement is really wide. The facility could be a hospice, a school, a courtroom, victim services, peer support unit for first responders, uh, group home, offices of therapists, dentists, psychiatrists, you name it. Like, it's just so wide. And um, we want to be able to place a facility dog in a suitable placement when the dog is ready. Otherwise, we're wasting an opportunity to help more people. So to accomplish this goal, it takes a community to rally behind it. It's obvious that some of our clients are waiting for a dog that has yet to enter our training program based on a number that I gave you earlier. But to ensure that they have a dog in two years, you can make it happen by supporting Cope Service Dogs by giving a dollar a day. Visit our website, www.copedogs.org. Wow, thank you so much. You know, I think here at the Ontario SPCA, we are always advocating how wonderful dogs can be for your physical health, for your mental health, and for your well-being. And I think that COPE really helps to sort of send that message home, and it is really helping to provide a service dog with an organization or a group that is truly in need. So uh, thank you so much for sharing that information. And we look forward to maybe hearing more stories in the future of service dogs and or facility dogs and where they've been placed through COPE and and following their success stories because we absolutely loved learning more about Daisy. And Peggy, I wanted to thank you so much for joining us today. Once again, everyone, COPE Service Dogs is what we were chatting about today and we were chatting with Peggy Lee, who is the program director there and had a huge hand in facilitating Daisy going into Hospice Simcoe that we heard about in a previous podcast. If you missed that podcast, please subscribe to our Animals Voice podcast on iTunes and SoundCloud. Check out the Hospice Simcoe podcast. Of course, like and share our podcasts because we want to get you involved in helping us share these stories, but also creating some content. So you can provide show ideas to us through Twitter at Ontario SPCA, or you can send me an email, kmilliman at ospca.on.ca. And Peggy, if folks want to get in touch with you, what's the best way they can do that? They can like us on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash copedogs, C-O-P-E-D-O-G-S. Or we're also on Twitter at copepuppies, C-O-P-E-P-U-P-P-I-E-S. And of course, our website, www.copedogs.org. Fantastic. Thank you once again for joining us, and we look forward to chatting soon. Thank you for joining us for another edition of Animals Voice Podcast. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and at our website, ontariospca.ca. Animals Voice Podcast is a production of the Ontario SPCA. The Society would like to thank all our supporters. Together, we are the Animals Voice.